Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Financial Dads Podcast. My name is Paul Fagan. I'm here with Jody Fisher. Hey, Jody. Good morning, Paul. How you doing? Very good. Very good this morning. Um, in short, this podcast is for all the dads out there who struggle with life's topics as they're related to family and finances. Our hope is that we can provide our thoughts, successes, and mistakes and share them with all of you. Today's topic that we're going to discuss is the home budget. How do you build that critical roadmap for life's financial journey? Uh, for me personally, I have uh, a number of tools that I've leveraged for many years on my Apple computer. Um, I purposefully have a large screen Apple uh, iMac that allows me to see kind of all my tools in one view. Um, I use a combination of Microsoft Excel, I use uh, uh, Quicken and I use my web browser now, kind of moving away from paying bills the old-fashioned way with uh, stamps and, and filling out checks. Everything is digitized nowadays. So between the three tools on my desktop, it allows me to uh, have complete control over my financial destiny, so to speak. Um, and in particular, uh, the spreadsheet that I use has several tabs. If you're familiar with uh, spreadsheets, you can have tabs with multiple uh, functions within. So I have tabs for keeping key family data such as uh, IDs and passwords. I have uh, in there as well uh, a mortgage calculator which I don't need anymore. I removed it. Um, but I also have what I call the financial dashboard which has a number of calculations and numbers that I keep within it to help me guide my financial journey. So Jody, let's hear about how you do, uh, how you approach uh, the home budget, what tools you use, and maybe just go into what your current situation is with the budgeting. Sure. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about because it, it, it strikes back at what I always talk about, which is being intentional with your money um, and, and being able to win with money and being able to succeed and, and sort of go out in life and get the things you want. Uh, in my mind, has to start with a plan. And the budget is your plan. The budget is your plan for success. Um, and so I think everybody needs to have a budget because otherwise you're just admitting, I don't have a plan. I don't care. I'm just going to wander through life. And uh, and that's that's not how I approach things. I know that's not how you approach you, uh, things. Um, I've been doing a home budget now for maybe 10-ish years. Um why it took me so long to get around to doing a budget, I have no idea. But I've been doing it for a decade, uh, and it's working out. Um, you know, my my uh, budget that we have right now is just a it's a simple Excel spreadsheet. It's very very involved. It's got lots of lines in it, lots of detail in it, because mm -hmm. that's the point that I've progressed to. I'm, I'm very granular with, I'm very micro with with all of my my budgeting. Um, but when it started out, um, it was very simple. It was. Um, you know, it was it was the electronic version of writing everything down on a piece of paper inflows, outflows and what's left. Um, and I think that's where everyone needs to start. You need to start with, OK, what are the big ticket items uh, that we know we're going to need to pay for, um, whether it's this week or this month? And, you know, I, I do a weekly budget because that's the, the rate at which we get paid. You know, I get a weekly uh, a salary and in, including a, a and then a monthly commission. Uh, my wife gets a bi-weekly salary, so we we chart everything out a week at a time. Some people chart it out a month at a time. You do what works for you, um, and and we just write down the inflows, the outflows, uh, and and we chart everything that we know we're going to spend on, including things like food, um, 
and and we have a little catch-all category you know where we we put aside a little bit of money um for that stuff that comes up during the week that you you know you don't know that's going to come up but you you sort of slide a little money in there um to make sure that you're um not exceeding that you're not running off the rails um and we also put aside a little bit of money for savings um and i think that's where everybody needs to start you need to start with um the big ticket items the items you know they're going to be coming in and you set aside maybe that little five percent ten percent whatever that is in the beginning um to keep you on the straight and narrow and then from there you can progress oh that's great i mean for me and our family it started off uh with me and my wife we have a a monthly household expenditure spreadsheet that we started many many years ago and and we still use it to this day i, I probably have it going back well over 10 years um where it articulates you know all the monthly expenditures uh, that we know we have and every month I'd put the exact amount in and then we would have um, sort of, we have the household budget and then we have our each, each have our accounts, but we have our joint accounts that we share. So we backfill into the joint account. Um, and that's how we've been working for many, many years. That's probably another topic, uh, marriage and money um, and how it works in different marriages. That's probably something, Jody, I'd love to talk about in more depth, but just kind of a teaser to that, the way me and my wife have done it over the years is we have one sheet and we know what the expenditures are in there, and we, we pay whatever bills for the month, track it all on that spreadsheet, and at the end of the month, um, we divide it by a certain percentage, and then we give each other a bill, so to speak. I write it down on a piece of paper. We each write a check to ourselves, and we deposit it into the joint account. I know it probably sounds a little bit uh, crazy maybe to do it that way, but that's, it's worked for us, so that's how we do it. Um, that's the most important thing. Right. Is that you find a, a, a process that works for you. Um, there are plenty of, you know, financial advisors, us included here. That's right. <laughs> People who give financial advice um, who say you need to do it this way. You need to do it that way. You need to do it the way that works for you as long as the math works. And that's the nice thing about money. Money's math. It's either right or it's wrong. Yes. There's no gray. So if it works for you, it's fine. And it does work for us well, and we've used it throughout the years. And it's morphed into what I call the family dashboard. Um, a good friend of mine, he had a similar dashboard that he uses for his family. And what I mean by dashboard is we have the ability to input a number of numbers, whether it's my uh, the, the savings accounts, the checking accounts, what we owe on credit cards, whatever it is, whatever key piece of financial data we plug it into one tab in the spreadsheet, and then that calculation cascades through the rest of the spreadsheet. So the second tab is probably the most important tab, and that's where it goes into details like you're talking about. So tracking the monthly expenditures um, beyond the light bill and beyond the, um, the, ga the gas bill, whatever that is, I take into account haircuts and insurance for the cars and monthly commute and lunches for the week and and kids stuff all those kind of pieces come in I do it a little bit differently than you do Jody I do more of a forecast methodology where I try to predict what we're going to be spending in that and and I probably should do what you do and that's the more granular approach where you start with this is the money I have for the month let me now you know allocate it and ver be very strict to that budget um, I haven't been as strict to the budget as I would have liked, and I know that if I were stricter, if me and my wife were stricter with the budget, 
it would probably result in us having more money in our pockets because I know that if we were watching it more closely, we, we that's that's would be the result, right? But since we don't, um, and I'm not sure if I'm ever going to be able to start doing that granular budget like you do, so I have a lot of respect for the way you guys do it. Um, I'll have to figure out and, and, and continue the way we are and then maybe with the hopes of maybe learning a little bit from today's podcast and maybe that'll motivate me to uh, look at the budget at a more granular level. Yeah, I, I think, you know, I, you sound like you're apologizing. I don't think you have anything <laughs> to apologize for. I think, I think if you've got your plan, like we said, and your plan is working, stick with your plan. Um, you know, when I started out, it was a pretty basic spreadsheet. And then because I'm a no surprises guy, I got super granular really fast. And so I did things like budgeted just what you said, you know, haircuts and, uh, uh, you know, money for lunches and all kinds of things. So um, so so that the budget progressed from there uh, and it, it's worked for us so far. I mean, I can look at my spreadsheet now. I have the rest of this year, 2019 planned out. I also have 2020 and 2021 planned out. That's great. Um, I know exactly what's going to happen um, every week of the next, you know, two and a half years. Um, and that's because that's that's my personality. That's what I like to do. Um, and so when something comes up that's either unexpected, a bill goes up, a bill goes away, something changes, I plug it in and the whole budget adjusts. You know, now that's that I, I've progressed my spreadsheet to that place where you got a whole bunch of formulas involved and, you know, you can see things um, happen in real time over the course of that, that two and a half years. Um, but I go down to a super granular level because that's where I want to be. No, that, that makes sense. Right. And then in addition to the, uh, the, the budgeting for the, for the gas bill or for a car payment and such, um, how do you focus on uh, debt reduction and savings? Does that include is that included in your budget budgeting cycles as well? Absolutely. I mean, you that's part of where your money goes, right? And if you're trying to pay down a debt, regardless of what that debt is, that's got to go in that spreadsheet um, because then you're able to look at that and uh, one know how much you have coming in versus how much you have going out, and two. You know right away if you've if you've designed that spreadsheet properly, and it, that spreadsheet can be a piece of paper. It doesn't matter; it's math. Um, you know exactly what you can and can't pay for, right there on that piece of paper, right there on that spreadsheet. Uh, and so then you can look at it and say, "All right, what do we cut down, or what are we adding in?" Um, you know, one one thing that I do. Um, with our household budget, we go back to sort of those unanticipated expenses. And when you're a family, you, you have plenty of unanticipated expenses uh, that are sometimes out of your control. You know, we budget uh, a couple of bucks uh, in cash just to, you know, throw in my wife's purse just so she's got it when she's running around during the week with the kids. You know, she's got a, a few bucks that she can just dip into. She needs to run into a drugstore. She needs to grab herself a cup of coffee or whatever she needs to do. And she's not swiping the card because I think that's where that's where you fall down with your budget is those what what I call the off the page expenses. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you put all those you put all those those items down on that budget, on that piece of paper, or on that spreadsheet in order to create the plan. But if you don't stick to the plan, the plan is worthless. So you and, and you're never going to win. So whatever you're budgeting, whatever you're putting down on that piece of paper, you've got to stick with it. And that's how you will 
eventually come out on top. Um, but to get back to your original question, um, debt reduction has got to be a part of it. it. It absolutely has to be a part of it. Yeah. In addition to that, I, I also set aside money for savings every month. And I know you do the same. It's so funny. When I first started doing that, it was many, many years ago. And, and it came from a, advice came from a very wise gentleman, my, fa- my friend's grandfather. And uh, he sat me down and explained the whole concept of pay yourself first. And from that point on, um, I would always set aside money for savings, no matter what it was. And, and in particular, I'd make sure that it got diverted to an account that I, it wasn't readily accessible to me at the time. Now it's all digital and electronic, so you can you could do the same sort of thing with uh, like the automatic redu- you know, automatic. Um, uh, I guess the, the what's the word I'm looking for? Where the you auto automatically draft, deduct auto payments? Yeah, yeah, you right. could deduct the savings and we put have it those into set your, up too. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And actually, we we I auto draft. Uh, there's one line item that I auto draft into account that's kind of outside the regular. You know, we have a regular bank that we use for paying bills and things like that. And then there's a second savings account that we have in a separate institution. And going back and forth between the two institutions, even electronically, is a little challenging, mm-hmm. at least challenging enough for me that I'm, I can't be bothered with it. So so if we auto-draft out into that savings account, that's sort of like putting the money off in Siberia, which is really good. Oh, absolutely. My- <laughs> and, and, and I think if you, can, if you have trouble with with your spending habits doing that like you described is a terrific step in the right direction and it doesn't matter if you're do, if you even start out just doing five dollars start the habit i think that's really important like you said pay yourself first it's really important to start the habit of saving um and then walk it up into amounts that um start to get really serious but even five bucks i mean if you do five bucks a week you know, at the end of a month, you got twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty twenty dollars isn't quitting money, but it's twenty bucks. That's right. It's twenty bucks you didn't you didn't throw away on something else that just sort of evaporated, and you turn around um, and, and go, where'd that go? Absolutely. And when I started doing that many years ago, I started out with five dollars, right? And and it was the same type of concept where I would deposit the money into a separate institution. And what I found over time is that habit muscle started to build. And it went from $5 to $20. And then it became a challenge to, to save more and more. And, and that's how I sort of got ahead of life a bit from my younger years. And I've continued that today and admittedly have not been as astute in doing it in my personal finances. Um, I, I started to, re, to re, uh, reboot that, so to speak, uh, to use uh, the, today's terms. I rebooted that process and now I'm starting to do that again just recently. Um, the other thing is my wife does a similar exercise where she has the money auto-drafted out of her account into a, one of those online accounts that actually pays some sort of interest, which is interesting because I used to love 5% when I was a kid. Now it's you're lucky to get 2%, but some institutions 0. are giving. 0.5% these days. It's 0.5, <laughs> yes. But there are some institutions God. that will give you a 2%. If you look. There, there are. We have one, too, that, that is really re- remarkable. And every time that it hits, I'm like, wow, this is a great. This is a great bank. It's yeah. actually a credit union. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Great absolutely. Place. You know, so, and for us, um, I auto draft in a weird way out of that monthly expenditure sheet. I have a line item in there called savings. And, and every month we save, you know, whatever that amount is. But over time, one time, I guess maybe we were doing it for years. And my wife didn't realize we were actually doing that. Like, 
because I would just say, okay, we owe this much this month, or you owe that much, and and um, this is your portion, this is my portion. And and one time I showed it to her, and she goes, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh, that's the savings line." I and she was she, it was she was pleasantly surprised that I had that built into our budgeting process <laughs> as well. You know, so we we do try to save uh, from a joint account level as well, but. Um, you know, Isn't I, it nice to pleasantly surprise the wives? That's it right. Wonderful. <laughs> it was a surprise, and it was a happy surprise. Usually, they're not happy surprises. Uh, but, right. Uh, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that um, you know since you do the budget in more granular detail, and and you're using it as your guide stick week in and week out. Can you talk about some of the um, mistakes that you made with your first budgets? Uh, sure. I think uh, one of the mistakes that I made was um, just trying to do too much. Um, you know, I could sit and stare at that spreadsheet for hours. Um, and, and it's almost like a game to me, you know, where I, I was like, OK, if I move this dollar here and I move this thing there, then I can do this. And then if I delay that and then it's it's really it's addictive. Um, so I think first budget mistakes that anyone can make is just going too far, too fast, too soon. Um, do what works for you up front. And that's why, why we say, you know, start with the big things. Start with the mortgage and, the, and the, all the household bills and the food and the car and the, all those big things. Um, I would recommend that you, in the very beginning, also set aside money for, like we said, savings. And, and, and write down just that little 10% for yourself just to stick in your pocket um, to make sure you don't go off the rails. But then you've got to stay on that budget. Um, another budget mistake I think you can make in the beginning is you get really intense about it. You're like, yes, we're going to do this. This is awesome. And you do it for like two months and then you get used to that. And then you go, well, a bit, it's like anything like dieting, right? And you're like, well, I've been really good. I'm going to treat myself a little bit. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Don't get off. Don't get off the, the path. Uh, once you get on it, don't get off it. Just stick with it because the faster you get to the end of it, the faster you're going to get the reward of that thing that you want. Um, and and um, also make sure that you put in that little reward line item there. You know, like we talked about the five percent, the five dollars to savings or whatever that is. Um, some people say some financial experts say that you should uh, actually open up a separate account. Uh, I know we do. I do an envelope system with a couple different things um, where you're sort of setting aside that money um, for either a thing that you need or a thing that you aspire to. I would say do that in the beginning because then you won't make the budget just about paying debt or paying for stuff and sort of such an emphasis on the outflow. But you're also taking a piece of your income and rewarding yourself saying, here's where this money is going towards this thing that I want to go do long term, whatever that thing is. Um, so I think making making a budget all about pain and not about pleasure, I think, is is a big first budget mistake. That's great advice. And, and you touched upon something that I want to talk about a little bit, and that's tools. Right. So for me personally, I use uh, my, I use Quicken. I use uh, I, I like I said before, I use the uh, Microsoft Excel. Um, what do you think of uh, online tools such as Mint or uh, simply a legal pad? Uh, I am a little 
paranoid about things like that. Don't get me wrong. I do. I do online banking, you know, um, and I transfer money electronically and everything's electronic. I think I write one check, physical check a month. Uh, everything else is electronic. And I dig that. I'm I'm still a little bit paranoid about giving a third party app access to my accounts. <laughs> yes. Um, so so I don't use things like that. Um, and I'm not sure if they're essential to your success. And and going back to first budget mistakes, here's another budget mistake, thinking that an app is going to fix your problems. Right. Thinking thinking plugging all this stuff in to an app is going to magically fix your budget. You've got to fix your budget, right? If the app helps you get there, that's great. Uh, but don't think just by downloading an app, plugging all your account numbers into an app, and then bit walking away is going to magically make your budget work better. Um, if apps, apps are like anything else. It's a tool. If it works for you, great. If it doesn't, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you. Um, analogous to a weight loss app on your phone, if if you have the app downloaded, it's not going to help you lose weight, right? It's all about that practicing of patience, and, and there are no shortcuts to financial success or or weight loss, right? It's hard work that has to go in, patience, understanding, and you and your spouse being on the same page, right? And um, you know, so for for us we continue to go down the road with the tools that we have. And, and like you said before, it's so funny. The big joke in my house is before we are leaving for, you know, to go out for the day or to an important uh, event or something, my wife will always say, oh, what do you have to pay some bills now? You know, because I will get sucked into the spreadsheet, right? Looking at the numbers. I could spend uh, an hour just sitting and looking and, and, and like you said, tweaking and tuning my, my financial dashboard, right, over time. Um, so she jokes about that with me uh, sometimes. So um, there was one other tool that you mentioned that I want to talk about a little bit more because I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with, and that's the envelope system. Um, can you talk about how you use it a bit and, and what, what it means to you? Yeah, I, it's a great system. Um, and there are lots of people, lots of other financial experts who, who advise this. Um, I use it for just a couple simple things. Um, one is um, we have a landscaping company that cuts the grass just because I'm not interested in cutting grass. Um, <laughs> Same here. And so, right, so I, I have better things to do with my Sunday afternoon. Some people like cutting the grass. That's fine. I, and I'm also not an engine guy, right? So I can't maintain that equipment. Uh, it would just I would be taking it to a guy to fix all the time and sharpen blades and stuff. So yep. forget it. Um, so I budget and set aside cash into an envelope for the landscaping bill. Um, and that way, whenever the monthly bill comes, I just grab, you know, the money out of that envelope system, throw it in the checking account, write them a check. We're all good. Um, I also do an envelope for uh, what we call the gift fund, where if you have little kids, you know they're constantly getting invited to birthday parties. Oh. Yep, know that well. Around, you turn around one week and it's like we're going to five birthday parties and we got to spend two hundred dollars. It's like whoa, hang on. <laughs> so we use I use an envelope for the gift fund um, just to make sure that we don't get get thrown for a loop. Uh, by what are very nice, you know, invitations to kids' birthday parties. Oh, that's great. That's great. Yeah, I mean, for for us, um, I haven't used the envelope system, but it's something, once again, maybe after listening back to this podcast later, it'll be something that will uh, stick in my head and maybe I'll start, right? So um, just a kind of summary recap from what we've talked about so far, right? We want to tailor the budget to fit your needs, right? Use the tools that make the most sense for you that you're most comfortable with. And then the other big piece that I've taken away today is just start, then adjust. 
because you'll certainly need to do that. Um, any summary recap items from you, Jody? I'm sure you have that's, a few. Yeah, that's the most important. You hit it, Paul. That's the most important thing. Start. Get started. Just sit down. to if you, if you look at your bank account and your bank account is a wreck and you're trying to figure out what the heck is going on, what the heck is going wrong, start. Write it. Sit down. Write it down. Get all your bills out. And, and just write it all down on a piece of paper, plug it into an Excel spreadsheet, whatever your inclination is. The point is, is seeing it written down, seeing it displayed in front of you is going to tell you how you're doing. And then it's also, it should inspire you to say, okay, we're going to fix this this way. And you'll be able to figure it out. We all have our own way of figuring out. But your point is the best one, Paul. You've got to get started. Well, that's great. And, and Jody, I thoroughly enjoyed our discussion today, and I'm personally looking forward to the next one. Um, thanks, everyone, for downloading our podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at financialdads at gmail.com or check us out on Facebook. Just search for Financial Dads. So with that, this is Paul and Jody reminding you managing finances can be stressful, but that's why the Financial Dads are here to help you plan for success. Have a good one, everybody. Be well and thank you. Thank you.